0: This episode of the Art of the Frame podcast is brought to you by Sony's C Media Cloud. C supports the entire media lifecycle to streamline workflows for your video production teams. So you can go from camera to cloud to Final Cut faster. Learn more about C and book your free demo at sonymcs.com. Welcome to another Art of the Frame podcast on Pro Video Coalition. I'm your host once again, Scott Simmons. Today I'm having a chat with Alex Manning, and he's a trailer editor, and we talk about trailer editing, as in movie trailers, movie previews, or whatever you want to call it. We have a chat about just what goes into these big-budget movie trailers that you see before films you see on the Super Bowl or you just see while you're watching TV. We talk a bit about what goes into trailer editing, how some of the decisions are made, interfacing with the studio and execs working for trailer houses, and just some techniques about how these unique little storytelling vignettes get put together, and about how some people get into trailer editing. Alex, thanks for sitting down and having this chat with me about trailer editing on this podcast here. I see, as I'm saying trailers, some people used to call them previews, but I guess the correct terminology is probably trailer editing these days. Is that is that is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, we still call it trailer editing. I mean, it's really film marketing editing. But yeah, I mean, the term trailers comes from the fact that they used to show the previews at the end of the movie. So they used to trail the movie.
0: So people would actually wait throughout the whole – they'd watch the credits and then sit there in anticipation of seeing little little films about upcoming films.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the trailers back then were often very long. So you saw like whole scenes kind of of, you know, the next possible attraction. So, so well, they were, cool, yeah, man. I mean, trailers have always been really popular, I think, which is kind of a cool kind of area to work in advertising, you know, like well, people one reason- want to see them.
0: Yeah, that's one reason I want to have this have this chat is I think I think they are unique sort of thing. You've got you've got the world of when you sit down at the theater and you get to watch a two and a half three minute trailer, you've right. got sixty second spots, mainly thirty second spots on TV. So so they're there are very different type of things. I, I guess depending on the length of them that you're cutting. But more than that, talk a little bit about. Like, how does one get into trailer editing? Because I I know a few people who work in it, and they seem to be not exclusively, but they do a lot of trailer work. And I don't want to use the word term pigeonholed, but. Do you get some kind yeah. of pigeonholed as a trailer uh, editor? I
1: mean, I think of it kind of as a, as a separate career from, say, like feature editing and documentary editing. And it's like it's a specific skill set and it's often very music driven. And you kind of like there's an abbreviated language of storytelling, you know, unlike uh, feature editing where you're really playing out scenes. And in trailer scenes, you're always kind of condensing things because of the nature of, you know, the limited time. So it, it becomes like a, you know, a different sort of editing. So like most of the time, like people kind of, in terms of how people come into it, it's pretty small world. Like it's it kind of, trailer editing in the modern form kind of began in the 90s with like nonlinear editing and kind of like the MTV style of editing and things like that. So some people came in from the music video world, you know, like... They were doing music videos and then that kind of uh, dried up and then they transitioned into trailers because there's a lot of similar sort of editing styles and they're both music driven. And then
0: if you've ever looked at old, like I say old trailers, like pre MTV era trailers uh, and you can get on YouTube and find them ad nauseum, They are much simpler. They're much uh, slower. You do get some more story stuff like, like one scene might develop a lot yeah. instead of a thousand scenes in 30 seconds, but it is, you're right, it is a very different feel back. I mean, as, as it's most things we've watched, I guess on, on, yeah, on the I mean, I'd
1: say, I'd say there's a bunch of kind of like, um, like trend, not exactly trends, but the trailer kind of art form like changed over time. Like even things like now there's not a lot of use of voiceover in a lot of trailers. Whereas like w- when I began my career in like the early 2000s, there was a lot of like voiceover being used still in trailers. And you see that in a lot of like 90s trailers, there's a lot of kind of use of voiceover to really condense stories. Um, and and so those things are like written by copywriters generally and like we work with a whole team of people like music supervisors and motion graphics people and copywriters and back when and voiceover is still now they use a lot of cards kind of in lieu of voiceover very fancy graphic cards yeah i mean we we work with a lot of great motion graphics people who kind of try and make the words like really powerful but but yeah it's a it's kind of i mean i think it's unique in that form like that we're working with like these like cards and kind of a lot. And then there's a lot of music emphasis and then a lot of sound design too. Like I do a lot of sound work in, like I I worked on like the Paranormal Activity trailer and there's a lot of like sound design kind of work in that. Trying to create like n- unique sound design.
0: Well, let's let's pause that for a second on the uh, sort of the, the the technique of it all. I want to talk a little bit more yeah. about just sort of like the, the big picture because you mentioned yeah, sure. feature editing when it comes to to, tra- to trailers. But right. I, it was, I think it's more fair to say a trailer editor is more akin to a, maybe to a commercial, like you know, product driven commercial spot editor and a, and a short form editor.
1: Yeah, I mean, some regards, I mean, but it's kind of like, I mean, there's not a lot of overlap, really, between commercial editors and trailer editors. There are some editors who kind of work in both worlds, but typically, like, it's a separate kind of world, the commercial world. And I think that's because trailers kind of specialize in in kind of reducing movies, like, they're already stories Mm -hmm. and things, and they already have, you know, cinematography, they already have kind of, like musical tastes and stuff. So trailer editing has this kind of particular kind of nature to it. So there's not a lot of like movie moving between like trailer editing and commercials generally.
0: That's interesting. Is, is there, is there, or are there, what's my correct English? Are there editors who move between features and trailers or is it pretty much?
1: when yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's rare too. Editor Skip Chason, I think I'm saying his last name wrong, but uh, Skip, who had a who has a company called Skip Films, he worked with Tony Scott a lot. So he cut a lot of mail on fire with Tony. But generally, the trailer editors kind of stay doing trailer stuff. There have been, like, sometimes they call in people like uh, Suicide Squad, like, Uh, not the last one, but the one before that, they called in a bunch of trailer editors to kind of punch up action scenes and kind of Mm -hmm. do like heavy, like music editing kind of stuff. Cause that's, cause we're particularly good at kind of cutting action to music and, and kind of spicing up sound design and stuff. So there's there's your
0: music video uh, parallel there. We mentioned music video editors moving into, into trailers. Cause you're right. Yeah.
1: You know, and as
0: one who's done a lot of music videos, you you the visual is almost like another instrument. And as I remember, we talked about this in the music video podcast. The, the visual is almost like another instrument to the song itself, and I would say that's absolutely true in trailers, where the visual is is a sound effect. It's an instrument. It's there's there's so much to the visual that really has to go along with the sound.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, generally the way we work is we create like selects of visuals. So like, you know, like a film would have like a million explosions or something. And you would cl- create just a select, like of all the best explosions, like in a line. And then, you know, you have uh, strings of all these selects, and then you're just kind of trying to match imagery. And there's a lot of montage editing. Mm-hmm. So so there's a lot of like you pull selects for action, kind of, and and then try to montage it all together. And, and uh, so, so there's, and that's all driven by the music. There's a lot of like particular music, like written for trailers too. So, and that's, well, when you I-
0: say, when you say particular music, I think a usual thing, not unusual, but a usual thing these days is you hear a classic rock pop classic song everybody Uh knows that has been re-recorded sometimes super fast recorded super slow or vice versa and super
1: super emo kind of emotional totally
0: yeah yeah it's a total like they re-record that specifically that that hit song specifically for the
1: trailer yeah yeah i mean there's people who actually produce a lot of those songs and then they kind of like sell them to the trailer companies there's various like trailer vendors and there's also in-house studio departments who do trailers. So these mu- like music companies, like, yeah, that's definitely a big trend right now. And it's, a, I mean, there's different trends have gone through music. Like there was the kind of the, the inception, blah, blah kind of thing that went on for a long time. Transformers had a very unique sound design, like using like those sounds became like kind of like a pattern that a lot of people did like there's definitely like kind of editorial trends and musical Mm -hmm. trends that kind of for a while like heavy electronic music was like really big like dubstep kind of stuff but then like that like skrillex kind of disappeared afterwards so like there's different kinds of like trends but i think it's kind of like so I think it's kind of like now there's like a definite kind of like tone to a lot of the trailers. Like there's not a lot of use of, use of voiceover. Like they try and remain kind of very faithful to the film. Like there's e- there's less like framing of, of kind of like films rather than just kind of letting the film like emerge itself kind of. It
0: feels like we're in a period, and this may be just because we have a lot more Marvel, you know, comic superhero action things, but you yeah. get the there's always the ginormous ramp up to the, the, you know, the big sound hit music hit, then silence. And then perhaps another ramp up to another big sound hit. And it's, it seems like it's a, we're in
1: a pattern where it is a very, they're all, they all feel like they're kind of the same. I think there's kind of like a style of editing that's kind of used to like illustrate the story. I mean, there's different, every movie is unique kind of, and, and a lot of trailer, is like trying to really figure out how to bring the uniqueness out on the movie. Well, let's, yeah, let me,
0: let's talk about that for a second because um, actually, you know what, before we get to that one, I'd love to hear a little bit about sort of the process of when you are hired to, to, to make a trailer. Let's say, Hey, Uh this movie's coming out. It's two hours and 25 minutes long. We're going to hire Alex to make our trailer. What, do you get like here here's here's the uh, prores hq of the entire movie, make the trailer. I mean, what what is that process uh-huh. once, yeah, you, I mean, it depends. once you sign if on
1: if you're working on like a big studio kind of film, they're generally giving you dailies as you do the trailer
0: so 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 it's so the trailer isn't always made after pictures lock. the trailer is often made in in in
1: yeah, which is why sometimes you'll see shots in a trailer that don't end up in the movie. yes, um, yes because the trailer editors are working with all the dailies basically so they have And it
0: feels to- like sometimes there's good like cool scenes or cool moments that you're waiting for when you watch the movie and they never yeah. happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean there's definitely there's definitely th- I mean, it's unfortunate and they, they try and pay attention to that because they don't want to disappoint audiences, sure. you know, I think but,
0: that's, that's, that's not, that's definitely the exception, not the norm, but it, did yeah,
1: it usually happens with pieces that are released early in the campaign. So like you might cut a trailer like a year ahead of time. So by the time like the movie comes out, like that shot might've been removed or something, or they might've removed a whole scene in the editorial. So So when Top
0: Gun Maverick comes out, Tom Cruise will never be in, like, the SR-71 Blackbird, like, you know, spaceship type of thing.
1: I I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I have no, I I mean, I that I'm sure will probably all be out. It's an issue that they worry about because audiences, like, nowadays, you know, everyone, like, can go frame by frame through a trailer and stuff. That's right. so they know all the shots and they, you know, they want to see it in the film. And especially if it's a big shot and if it's a scene, like it's even a bigger deal. So like they try and make sure that the marketing's kind of the same as what the film ends up being. But, you know, it, working with the film at the very beginning, it evolves like editorial, like over time. And you might have three or four cuts of a film and, you know, certain scenes end up not being in the final cut.
0: But your you know, trailer editor isn't obviously cutting the trailer, you know, 40 hours a week, as long as they're cutting the film itself. So I guess it's like any any um, short form editing job. You're, you, you're on it for a while, then you're off it for a while. Then you go in and make changes and you're off for a while. Then you go back into it for yeah, a span I mean, of time.
1: Well, I mean, the way it generally works is like you have, you get the material, like, so you have an amount of dailies and stuff. And then you have an idea for the trailer and you cut a first version of the trailer.
0: Now, who you say you have an idea? Who has the idea for the trailer? Is that is that a good trailer editor? Is that what they hire them for, or is there some quote unquote story you know trailer story editor back there who's 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 giving you notes on what what needs to go in it, or the studio executive giving you notes on what needs to go in it?
1: You definitely have a lot of creative control, but the, it depends project by project. Sometimes you know the studios have ideas for songs or particular things in a trailer that are like really important or, or how they want to position the film, you know, like what they want to emphasize from a marketing standpoint. Okay. Cause ultimately it is like marketing, like the work gets like tested. They have like testing companies that kind of like look at it to see, like, you know, do older women like this film, younger women. So it's kind of like trying to appeal to like a broad audience to bring in, you know, as big an audience as possible.
0: So are they, are they, how much testing of the trailers themselves happen?
1: I mean, it can happen once they kind of lock into a trailer that the studio likes, which might be like six or seven versions, like the studio executives all have input on things and then it sometimes it goes up the chain to committees and like it's all and like the head of marketing and So it's a long process, you know, it's like a two month process, maybe like finish a trailer and then, and and all that process, like you're going up versions, you might go up to like 30 versions or something.
0: Do you ever, are you always sort of working along with dailies as it goes along or is there ever a situation where you've got to almost take the finished film and build the trailer? Cause I I haven't cut many trailers, but a few that I have cut for, you know, not grand great movies, but it was, it was like, here's a finished, here's a finished quote. ProRes QuickTime of the piece. Here you go, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's audio is all mixed there, and it's that that was, Uh, right, yeah, was challenging,
1: (laughs) say the least. Yeah, tight audio and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, on a trailer, you don't have those issues really. Like sometimes it's so early, you don't have any music. One of the big issues is just like visual effects. Like sometimes you're working on like big visual effects films, and just like it's just green screen. You know, like you don't. So you don't see like what the shot's going to be, or you see like an early kind of visual kind of like, you know, an early pass in terms of visual effects, which is hard too to visualize, well, what is it going to look like, you know, when the film's actually done? And sometimes they finish like the visual effects shots for, for just for the trailer or the teasers, because they want to make sure that like the audience sees those, you know, in the best version, obviously
0: but sometimes it seems like they they do a version of the visual effects that isn't very good like you, I've seen a few of those trailers come out where obviously the finished film is way better than what was in the trailer and and yeah. granted there's a lot of time but sometimes you're like really they they let that out into the world cuz it and maybe the general public doesn't recognize it the same way as we do but
1: yeah i mean i think um yeah i mean I- I mean, a lot of it is just timing and money and stuff. And they have to, I mean, the visual effects work. Wait, takes whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Mo- money. We're talking studio feature films here. Money is unlimited, is it not?
1: Oh, I mean, they're very conscious of money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, budgets. Yes. I mean, we're dealing with, you know, like 100 million budgets, but like they're, when they get to marketing, it's kind of a lot of time, its time is kind of the last thing. So they, they want to conserve the budget at that of point. Of course. You know? So, but, but yeah, I mean, the visual effects, like, they generally, I mean, nowadays, visual effects are such a big thing. Like, theaters, like, you know, are relying on those movies that have big visual effects and big sound design and stuff. So in the marketing, those are kind of, like, really key things to kind of get across to people.
0: Well, is that, you know, talking about the uh, and, and let me back up for a second because your your main area of expertise is action horror comedy like those are your those are kind of your, your 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 things your, your your niche i guess that you that you work in a lot a lot of big big time action stuff that yeah, i mean cool. i've kind of
1: worked trailer wise like horror is kind of my niche and then okay. i did a lot of like 30 30 second and minute long commercials for big action stuff like spider-man and and Captain America and stuff.
0: You know, if, if horror has been your, one of your main things, is that because you enjoy that and that's the kind of jobs you've taken? Or or did you get, do you, I'm using use the word pigeonholed again. Do you, <laughs> did you, I, don't, I hope that's a piece up is that a PC yeah. word? Can we use that? I don't even know what uh, you're saying. Yeah, anymore. I
1: don't know the, the origin of that word. But <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you do sort of get known for being good at certain things. Like when I first started working, I started out on Napoleon Dynamite. And so I was cutting like 30 second TV commercials for that. And what a unique film to have to to, to encapsulate into 30 seconds, because
0: I mean, obviously there's, there's so many memes and of course they weren't memes back then. There's so many things that that you can think about that would make a great spot from, from that versus something like, like a battleship. I was watching the trailer for battleship. And as long as you have ginormous explosions and, and water flying through the air, it feels like you've nailed battleship, but like Napoleon dynamite, I don't know. I mean, th- there's a lot of nuance in that film.
1: Yeah, no, was I mean, that was such a unique film. I and mean, it was a great thing to work on. We actually worked on that film for an entire year. They kept making new spots. I think we cut 26 or finished 26 different spots for it, and we did the They they
0: air? Do they all air at some point? Yeah.
1: I mean, we do a lot of work that doesn't air, especially for trailers. But but we had we did like something like like 26 TV commercials because they kept running the movie. They even changed the ending at one point they added like a new ending so then uh, we did like uh, yeah. new spots just featuring the new ending which was like this marriage scene
0: oh that's funny well you know what that's actually another good point talking about tv spots versus theatrical trailers let's talk about that for a minute because you're you're hired to do do a trailer for a film yeah is it are you always doing the theatrical uh ones that don't have great constraints versus a 30 second spot for tv or their trailer editors that like no no they just do uh broadcast spots that are 30 seconds
1: maybe 60 if you're lucky i mean it's set up as an industry there's about like 20 to 30 companies in los angeles there's some companies in new york um There's some companies internationally as well, like in London and Berlin. But like most of the work takes place in L.A. because the studios are here. Mm -hmm. So like but then there's companies that work with the studios, like the vendors. So so they get the jobs generally. And Mm -hmm. then as an editor, you're working either freelance or staff for them. And then they give you the project and then you kind of talk to them about, you know, their conversations with the studio and like what the studio is looking for. And then you get kind of a first cut where you get a lot of creative control and get to just kind of like do what you want, kind of creatively. And then, you know, you get notes from the company, from the vendor. And then, you know, when they feel happy with it, they send it to the studio and then the studio starts giving you notes. And then it kind of just keeps iterating through and then they start doing testing and then, you know, if testing's not doing well, they try to address like, well, why is like this part of the trailer not connecting to the audience? And then, you know, kind of, kind of go from there until, and then you also, they'll, the the studios will hire multiple companies. So, you know, you might be competing against two or three other companies or even more. Like I Is up. that,
0: will they all go end up? are they trying to just only air the best one? So they, they pay for multiple companies to do trailers for the same film, but only yeah. one.
1: Yeah. Only one succeeds or like even maybe like they'll cut four or five trailers and they'll only finish one. And there's, there's some great trailers that never got aired, you know. Guess,
0: to, well, finishing is a, is a thing to think about as well, because just because you're cutting an offline version of a trailer. Yes. There's a whole lot. I mean, you, you mentioned visual effects, motion graphics, sound design, like. To, to get the final finished piece, that, yeah. like there's some serious, serious onlining of material. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's why it's a whole team of people who create it too. I mean, I usually work with music supervisors and a team of uh, motion designers and then a team of writers or a writer. And, and then there's producers who kind of are like dealing with the studios and kind of talking to them about, you know, notes and and so it's a gr- it's a big group of team. I mean, the companies are like often kind of boutique companies, like like forty to fifty people. The bigger trailer companies, I think now are up to like two hundred, three hundred people. But they're wow. diversifying into a lot of other things too. Like they don't necessarily just do trailers. Like they also do like motion title kind of stuff. And-
0: okay. Tired of uploading content to multiple systems? Now you can work smarter, not harder, with Sony's C Media Cloud get blazing fast uploads, secure, reliable backup, seamless, simple sharing, and real-time collaboration in a single, easy-to-use cloud service. With C, the possibilities are virtually endless. C allows your team to securely and reliably share, organize, review, and collaborate on and deliver professional media files all in a flash. You'll find C's powerful built-in collaboration tools and apps are designed specifically for media professionals to work more efficiently. NC's creative suite of apps and tools can empower broadcast and production teams to collaborate on videos in real time, all within a trusted workspace. Let Sony's C Media Cloud help transform how your content moves across the entire media cycle, from camera to post to final cut, faster. Learn more about C and book your free demo at sonymcs.com. I was going to say, is there that many trailers created in this day and age? But then I go, you got like, uh, you know, Netflix, That's they make a lot of trailers for Netflix because there's a lot of <laughs> original content on Netflix and you got to put that preview button to watch, you know, before you watch them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of new um, opportunities with streaming coming in, you know, in LA, the the Amazon, Amazon, Netflix, they all have offices now. So those are essentially like new clients for the vendors for trailers and, So they're doing a lot of that advertising too and then the studios and the streaming people also do it in-house you know they're kind of have their own editors so but they ultimately they like to it's kind of like you need a variety of like perspectives on Mm -hmm. like a trailer so like having vendors kind of makes sense like even though a lot of the studios now have their own in-house departments like often they end up finishing like an out-of-house Kind of project because it's just the right thing for the movie and it, and it works and it tests well and so
0: how often are they basically shooting shots specifically with the trailer in mind i think about dune one of the trailers for dune you know, right at the end that you know dude pops up out of the sand and his, his helmet comes open and he's staring right at the screen with his crazy right, right, blue yeah. eyes and you, you know whatever is his dagger whatever comes up in front of his hand or his face it feels like
1: I don't even remember if that was in the film. Great film. I don't even yeah, remember if that Yeah, I think shot it I think was, it in, the was in the film. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet's character. Yeah. yeah, it was used in the marketing a lot. Yeah, I noticed it was used towards the end a lot. It was like one of their big kind of money shots. It, it so, felt like that was a shot crafted for the I think it was more like a shot that a trailer editor realizes kind of the perfect kind of shot to sell the end of the movie. Like we look for often for like the big kind of, like the title is the most important thing to sell. So we're trying to kind of, provide like the best kind of moment like right before title often and then we use buttons as well which is kind of like what you do post title Uh so if you did like dune you might do like a shot of the worm thing coming out like afterwards after post title which is uh, once again to kind of emphasize the title you know to provide you like with like a little moment at the end where you can really kind of sell the movie
0: yeah. And that's usually uh, the giant worm, a car flying through the air, spinning three, you know, in very yeah. unnatural ways in slow motion, or, you know, somebody kicking or, or firing a weapon. It's, it is, it is kind of like that almost cliche at this point where it is, you're going to get that last little, that last yeah. little moment. I mean,
1: I mean, I think about it. it is like a good kind of, it's an isolated point to kind of like make a state. A lot of times you try and make a statement at the beginning too. Like you want to open strong and end strong I mean, you want the whole, you know, piece to be strong. But the most important parts are kind of the beginning and kind of the title. And then a button can be kind of used to, like, really provide you with a new scene, kind of, because you have, you stop down musically, kind of. So, like, usually trailers, musically structure, are rising into the title, you know, for action or horror or something like that. So, like, so with the title, you're kind of stopping down, and then the button is, is, like, a new like space to kind of like play out something interesting
0: is there it seems like there's probably some controversy sometimes with the button because it's you know on the one hand you want to you want to leave the viewer with like an you know almost an oh my god moment or like what did i just see i've got to go see it but yeah. you also don't want to give away too much it feels like in this day and age there there's never a hero shot you know, money shot, super ginormous scene that is completely fresh to the moviegoer because we've seen it all in the trailer.
1: True. Or or at least a taste of it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I, 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 I've heard that a lot from people and it's like, and it's kind of, uh, you know, from the marketing standpoint, they're just trying to get people into the movie. And, they and I find don't, I don't it, think that's
0: the fault yeah. of the, the trailer editor necessarily. Right. Like like you could you could go through and make your notes and find that one shot. And you might say to yourself, it seems to me my serious yourself, you know what, that's that's so good. Like th- that's going to be the big moment in the theater and you don't put it in the trailer. Then I could see someone coming back and say, hey, where's the giant worm? You know, like where? where how come you didn't yeah, put that I mean, in the trailer? There is
1: actually um, – a lot of directors actually will kind of talk to the studio and say, hey, you know, I don't want this scene in the trailer. Like, oh, okay. It does happen, especially with horror films, because they want to, like, reveal something, you know, in the movie. So there is kind of, like, you know, the directors have a fairly, like, it depends project to project, but certain directors, you know, can kind of, Tell you what they want out of the trailer. Some directors like take a really active role in creating the. So, so they're really sensitive, generally, and the studio's sensitive too about trying to make sure that you know the audience like has something fresh, you know, when they okay. watch the movie. Yeah. But well, it is, but it is the case that like the more and more it gets put in, kind of the the more people come see the movie, and and you can kind of like. You know, something like comedies, it's it's hard too to like not put the best jokes in. Sure, you know, and then But you like, can't you give know,
0: away, you can't give them all away. That's a big that's a, a comedy complaint. Sometimes it's like, oh, all the good jokes were in the trailer.
1: Yeah, I mean, they try. Tra- I mean, comedy people too try and keep the, some stuff fresh. You know, they want to make sure that it's the trailer doesn't have everything. Kind of,
0: and I, and I guess there are, and there are also times when there are certain things you can't see, like maybe you know, you, we we can't show the Joker before the movie or E.T. I think about E.T. Like you can't see E.T. until the movie, like in this day and age, though, they would put E.T. him. All <laughs> yeah. The they'd trailer. probably
1: cut the trailer differently now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But like back in the day or it, it was, you know, like the, the, an iconic character that's going to be, you know, re- revealed fresh in, in a new movie. Like they don't want to show them too much because, you know, they want that to be a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, there's a lot of like, I like working on teasers a lot because there's less of that problem. Like, a, say, like a trailer, you're trying to kind of get across the entire story. But a teaser is usually about a minute and a half, like ninety seconds or so, which gives mm-hmm. you a lot of time to kind of establish what a movie is, but you don't reveal everything. Kind of like it's gotcha. more of an elliptical kind of cut. Is it more? It's it seems more
0: cerebral, like that. It's just you. You, you need to get the feel of it out versus like very specific,
1: specific yeah story images. points yeah. or anything. Yeah, and it's like very driven by music generally, like teasers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like a statement to like get your attention. Like here's the movie, like. You know, but but you're not telling the story necessarily at that point,
0: right? Is when you're working on trailers, is there ever, is it usually just a single editor that cuts that trailer or is there often multiple editors on no, the exact it's same? T-
1: I mean, it depends. Like, there's kind of like superstar editors like um, Skip, who I was mentioning uh, earlier. There's another editor, Bill Neal, who cut the Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer, which is kind of a really big, famous trailer and does a lot of the big horror. So there's kind of like superstar editors and then there's like teams of, people who kind of like work to create a lot of other stuff so mostly it's kind of teams of editors and you have to pass your cut off sometimes like I got tra- trailers they try and let you keep like creative kind of ownership of it because you know if they really want it really is kind of like an artistic vision of the editor in a lot of ways so they 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 want to let the editors kind of keep control of their own, even if you're not a superstar editor, kind of. But if you're a superstar editor, like they just the studio is just like, hey, cut us a trailer, and they don't even really give you notes a lot of the time because that's they a, just trust your kind of creative vision. That that that's awesome, and when that's the case, you yeah, Talk
0: about no, like, technique for a minute, because you mentioned earlier about like you may go through and line up all the explosions in 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 the, in the timelines. You've got easy access to them, and you can maybe compare them. Like, right. what, is there like how does? How does that process work when you when you when you sit down at the keyboard? And I assume most of the trailer work is done in Avid, maybe not, maybe
1: Premiere, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh Final Cut had made a, was a big deal in the industry uh for a while, but original now,
0: like old school Final Cut Classic. Yeah,
1: 7 was kind of the last yeah. version. Yeah. And then that kind of era, like Premiere has kind of become bigger since then, and then Avid's always had bit, like a big presence in the industry. Sure. Yeah.
0: So so you uh, so yeah you've got your explode your lineup your explosions like what are some other little things like that 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 might be yeah I mean you look for
1: like particular things like you also you know make selects for like emotional moments and you know like ID shots kind of like you know the the character turning around kind of like you might freeze frame and then do an ID or something mm-hmm. like really kind of like shots like that. And then like, then there's a lot of action stuff. Or if you're in, you know, comedy, you might have a string of all of your jokes, like all of your favorite jokes. You might be like, Hey, like jokes and then B jokes, you know, like the funniest jokes and then the the other kind of jokes that are still funny. And you're kind of just trying to select out the best stuff uh, because you only have so much time. So you're kind of like really breaking apart the movie. They call it breaking it down, like in the industry. So you like break the movie down into all these selects. You might have like strings of like, which would be like a sequence. Like you might have like 15, 16 of them. Okay. And then you start looking for music a lot of the time. Like most of the editing is really driven by music. So often for a trailer, like you have some choice moments, kind of like story point elements that you kind of know where they are in the timeline. And then you're kind of creating like musical kind of like a bed of music, essentially, and sound design, too. And not as much for comedy trailers, but for like action and horror in particular. And then so you kind of like often just cut the sound first and then you use those strings of like select shots to kind of fill in the pictures and then, you know to kind of, you work from sound and then backwards to the picture a lot of time. Not every editor works the same way, like it's all kind sure. of like individual style, but a lot of editors work that way, kind of. They start with the sound first and then they kind of move to picture. And I then makes sense. like the yeah. dialogue kind of pods.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I think that makes sense as you as you look at some of the like the the, the big most successful trailers because they are so there there are so sound driven with um yeah. and, 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 like the sound effects, the music, but then just like some key lines out of the out of the film yeah. drama. Though, what there's obviously a different mindset if you're cutting a, a a big huge action. You know, I think the battleship trailer that you did, then I you know Coda won the Oscar yeah. a couple a couple of days ago weeks ago whenever this airs that's a much different trailer than you know than but Transformers was, was yeah. or whatever like what's so it's is there Yeah
1: I mean early on in my career I worked on this trailer Sea Inside that had Javier Bardem in it and it's about a guy who like dives into the water and he breaks his neck and he becomes a paraplegic
0: Mhm
1: And it's a very it's a very sad film, but it's great film. It's brilliant. I can't remember the director right now, but it. But anyway, so I worked on that and and like draw. And that was a lot of like string music, kind of, and no dialogue, and just kind of like letting something play out for like forty seconds, and then. And then I worked with like two other editors on that one. Like I was kind of like, that was when I was just starting out in my career. So I was kind of like working with this other editor, George Harrison, and then the producer also ended up, Jason Nestle ended up cutting. So it was kind of like a bunch of editors kind of working. And I was working on the first part of this, the scene, which was all this like 40 seconds of kind of silence. And then he like imagines himself like jumping out of a window. And it's kind of this magical realism thing. Hmm. And there's a lot of, just some sound design involved too, kind of like making the jump through the window, like feel real. So, but it was like, drama was really cool. I like drama a lot, but it seems, you know, some of the companies specialize in certain things. Like, so like I've worked at a lot of companies that have kind of specialized in horror or comedy. Or, or action or a superhero yeah. kind of stuff. So And I haven't worked they, – they, the drama projects don't come in as much kind of. And then a lot of editors like working on those projects. So like there's a lot of competition amongst editors kind of for projects a little bit. Oh, well, like, I
0: guess, yeah, a big, you know, a big tentpole film coming out, then that's probably pretty prestigious to be able to, you know, be the one to do U.S. side story, if you will.
1: Yeah, the prestige and also like there's a lot of people who like have a real love of film and they just love certain projects and they just kind of feel like drawn to them. Yeah. So, so there's a there's definitely I mean, there's a it's a very competitive kind of field. Like there's there's a lot of there's a limited amount of work. And then you're also competing like in cuts, you know, like with other companies and a lot of like great work, like never finishes, too. Right. So you like spend maybe like a month on something and then it just kind of disappears, which is kind of hard to like let go of those things sometimes
0: oh yeah but at the same time when you're uh when you've worked on a, a film and you're watching the super bowl or the oscars or you know what, what any any kind of tv if you watch still watch tv and you see that spot come on like that's pretty cool or you're in the theater like you go see like what's the the new dr strange movie the rumor is there's going to be an avatar 2 trailer in front of that like that's that's huge like that's 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 a yeah, yeah. uh, event that's a tent pole trailer right there i mean what a
1: yeah, Such I remember cool I was in uh, Germany in Berlin, and I saw one of my diehard spots had been recut with German cards. Oh, but it was my spot. Like and I was like, "Oh, that I got that." It That's was kind hilarious. of like fascinating that it had gotten all the way around the world. Kind of,
0: like. yeah. Well, I'll tell you, let me. I'll give you one to kind of wrap it up on, and I think it's kind of a, a not an unusual question for people when they hear about post production. You know, these different types of post production. That's not what we think about as feature films or episodic TV or whatever. Or like, how does one get into trailer editing? You've got an expi- aspiring yeah. editor or someone that right. loves films, but you know, has never gotten into cutting feature films and all. Like, if if someone says, "I, I want to cut these things."
1: Yeah, well press? I mean it's well nowadays there's a lot of people who are like cutting things on YouTube. You know, they're doing like mashup cuts with like their favorite superhero films yeah. and they kinda create like trailer like uh cutting uh, that's a good way to kind of get noticed, to get attention.
0: Would a trailer house maybe reach out to somebody they saw on YouTube that had something that really yeah, good? That's yeah, that's become you know, a trend,
1: know. actually. Maybe for like a decade or so, the people on YouTube who kind of like break out and kind of get a lot of attention on YouTube, like some of the trailer houses are kind of reaching out to them and offering them jobs. Cool. Yeah, so I mean that's a good way to do it, and that way you can kind of develop your own craft, kind of like do your own stuff, and then figure out like you, your your own editorial style before you start you working can get with paid. other people. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't get paid when you're doing it on the YouTube thing. No, no,
0: that's what I mean. Like you've done it on YouTube for a while, and and then right. you're like, oh, let me pay you to do this. Like, what?
1: You can be yeah. paid for this. I mean, it usually requires moving to LA. LA is kind of the center of where all this stuff happens because it's because the studios are here. Like, they really yeah. want to be able to, like, literally walk over to your, you know, or drive over to your, to the business and like check out a trailer sometimes. And it's good to be here, I think, because it's like a group of people who like teach each other. Like, there's a kind of like, there's a good editorial kind of spirit here. And like, people like really in the industry, like, while it is competitive, they still like teach each other a lot. And then it's just good to be around like, you know, great editors. Like you learn a lot through like osmosis kind of like, of just course. working with yeah. them. Well, so, so you, uh,
0: cut, you're cutting on YouTube, getting discovered, but is there uh, like, are there ever jobs? Yeah. It's probably I mean, assistant there's... jobs. It's probably a, a, a yeah, the door. well,
1: the way it's definitely like kind of a pay your dues kind of um industry where yep. they typically t- start people out as PAs. Like I started out as an intern, like you know, making six ninety five an hour for like the first six months or something. But that was kind of like an like an odd situation. Usually, yeah. Wait, I think was that, that
0: legal? That sounds like it's that sounds illegal. That was
1: minimum wage like twenty
0: years ago in California. Okay, yeah, oh yes, ah, minimum wage. That's right. It's not that much more these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But, um, but so, but there's a lot, it's a good industry in terms of, you know, the editors get paid well. So the attitude kind of is, you know, they weed out the people who are not really interested in it. And then the people who are really dedicated, like work their way up, and then they get rewarded, you know, with a really cool job, and they get paid well doing it but uh, but the typical chain is like you start as a PA and then you work your way into like the machine room and then you might work your way into the assistant editor and then you become an editor and then gotcha. you know so it's like kind of uh and people kind of can jump over that if they demonstrate a lot of talent you know yeah. like my case like I was like an intern officially for 6 months and then I was like an assistant editor for a year but I was really an editor and I was cutting tight I the, uh, the, the Napoleon stuff a lot during that point, and then and then they made me an editor, like a union editor, and then there's most of the jobs are not union now. There's like some companies who are union companies, but a lot of them are um, non-union, so. Well, you you used a
0: term back there. Some listeners probably don't even know what you said when you said machine room. They're like, "What's a machine room?" It's like, yes, <laughs> there there are post houses where there are large rooms of machines, like not necessarily tape machines anymore, but machines for ingest, computers, storage, storage media. There's a, you know, there's there's a yeah. room that assistants work in to kind of help keep the, you know, they're kind of the backbone. They they help keep everything flowing. Without a good people in the machine room, <laughs> the work grinds to a halt pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, we work a lot on. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically like fiber optic connection, so the studio can look at the cut directly in real time.
0: Oh, interesting. That's cool. I and mean, then there's like fiber channel that used to connect to all the raids, and there's like you know, internet fiber to the good neighborhoods. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's it. So, so like they can just is that like that's that for safety's that gets a lot for safety's reason. Like you can't just send them a, a Vimeo link or whatever.
1: Yeah, and it's also just the studios want to be able to like literally watch you edit, so it's like they're in the room kind of, but they're but they they come in through the phone, so oh, funny. so creepy. they're watching your screen basically as you edit, and they might be like, oh, I don't like that shot, no, not that shot, oh yeah, then- it's like
0: okay, give me a second, to let me let me do what I'm doing, then you can tell me what you.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually you don't have to work on fiber, but like say like big Marvel projects or something, it's common. So all the people in the machine room are the people who set up the fiber. So it's a pretty important job in a way. Like yeah. if, they, if they don't, get the fiber patches correctly like the studio people get all upset
0: well, i'm sure if they yeah if they, if they if they can't watch the uh, next superhero thing in real time as you're on your screen as you're doing it then yeah i could say i mean you know it's, big, yeah, it's I mean, a lot of money, a lot it's of money to I mean, they're here. so
1: busy like it's amazing like how much stuff like they're handling like a lot of like studio execs like the marketing execs are handling four or five projects at the same time and yeah stuff. and
0: yeah well and their heads are on the line because they got to make money
1: yeah, I mean, it's a very high-pressure environment. There's a lot of long hours at times. You know, there's like 13-hour days sometimes when, you know, like a movie deadline is approaching. Yeah. So, but but it's a great job. I mean, it's it's really cool to see, to work on a lot of projects too and kind of get a sense of like all these different films, you know. And sometimes with the dailies and stuff, you know, like like I was working on Inglorious Bastards a bit and I got to hear like Quentin Tarantino do like direction and stuff.
0: You oh, that's know, fun. And, yeah. It's like, that's like, yeah. this, that's some real behind the scenes right there.
1: Yeah. You get to see kind of like uh, scenes like, like I got to see those scenes like develop, like, you know, what it was like without music and stuff. And then mm-hmm. to see him put in the music and it totally like transformed like certain scenes and stuff. Yeah. yeah
0: it's a great, great, great for aspiring filmmakers too. You can really, you could learn a whole lot
1: through that. Yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting kind of film school in a way. Um, yeah. Because I never went to film school myself and it's kind of like, I feel like my, the trailer industry has been my film school in a lot of ways. Nice. I'm not sure that's the case for, uh, for a lot of folks.
0: Man, I appreciate you sitting down and having this chat with us. As uh, we mentioned up top, it's a uh, trailer editing is a unique, bit of a unique thing that I think a lot of people don't think much about. They, I think some people think that they just, you know, movie's done, they sit down, throw something together, put some sound effects on and uh, off you go. But I think you've let us know it's a lot more involved than that. So thank you very much for taking yeah, the time. you, Scott.
1: I mean, yeah, it's been a great conversation. And it's a- Is right. there
0: is there like an IMDB for trailer editing? So when a trailer comes out, people can find out who, who, who did it or is it?
1: it? No, is it- you know, that's one of the funny things is there's not like, it's kind of like you never get credit generally for what you do in trailer editing because it's marketing, you know, unlike feature editing where, you know, it's like you're officially part of the creative team. Like, the marketing side, we're still, like, you know, just advertising the product in a way. So, you know, you don't see, like, a credit on, like, you know, a commercial for Nike or something. So, we don't don't get a lot of, like, attention. Though, sometimes, like, sometimes, like, the studios, like, the Avengers, like, one of the companies I worked at, Motion... They did a lot of work for them, and then I think the Avengers like kind of called them out in the end title. And sometimes people get to go to the premieres and stuff. You know, a lot yeah. of times, like the trailer editor gets to go to the film premiere, which is pretty cool. I
0: would hope so. That seems like the least they can do is to you know let the let the because I I mean, without a good trailer, then a lot of movies you are not gonna you, you got to have that. That's that's an important part of the marketing thing. And if you don't market, people ain't gonna come see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think the, the, I heard that the comic book people sometimes don't get invited to the premieres. But well. unfortunately, I've never been invited to a premiere, to a premiere myself. <laughs> and it's kind of rare, actually. Like, it's, it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like something that always happens. It's something like that they, that if it's, if you're really kind of close on the campaign, like I had a friend who went to the Casino Royale premiere. That was pretty cool.
0: Well, that just that just that seems wrong, man. Let's protest. I don't know. That just seems, <laughs> it seems easy enough. It doesn't cost them much more money. They said, "Let the trailer editor come to the premiere." But oh well, you know, it is it is the way it is. I guess you know every industry has its has its has its funkiness. So there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, overall. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I, sometimes they the same. Uh, or for the Casino Royale, they also flew another editor out to uh, London. So he worked out of London for a while. So that was wow. that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, a little bit a little bit of travel involved there. Well, well good luck yeah. on on your next one. May you get to may they fly you to an exotic location and then you, <laughs> yeah, get, that'd and be you great. get to go to yeah. the trailer and get a big fat bonus when the movie does well. So that's the uh, Yeah, the, you know, they don't give bonuses out that way. But. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody gets bonuses except studio execs and stars these days. So Yeah. Maybe it's someday. Yeah,
1: it's a with a pandemic it's been a, kind of tough for Hollywood. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> a it, Kind of tough, tough all around. But
1: everything, Alex, thank you for all taking right, time to too. share with us. Take care, Scott.